Just a friendly reminder that the opinions expressed on this show are not worth a Canadian penny, so disregard anything you hear that might get anyone in trouble. And despite some of the great ideas you may hear, don't try them at home. Go to friend's house instead. Hey everyone, and welcome to episode 167 of Slamfire Radio, the Not in Alberta Anymore edition. This is August 12th, 2016, and I'm one of your hosts, Matthew the Warning Shot McClatchy. And I'm Kelly, the classy one, Lynn. And I'm Adriel, the hunting gear guy, Michaud. And Trevor Furlot is on assignment in Vancouver. So Trevor, why don't you kick us off and let us know what you did in guns? Oh yeah, you're in Vancouver. That must have been awesome. All right, moving on. <laughs> so he's doing nothing in guns, really. Actually, he's in Vancouver. I what can do, you do in guns there? <laughs> I think he's actually at the range as we speak. Uh, <laughs> that was the reason why he couldn't come on the show tonight, because otherwise he would have been here. But he said, no, somebody invited me out to the range, and so I'm going shooting instead. So anyway, I guess he is doing something gun-wise. So I guess that's cool. Um, I didn't do much beyond uh, some gopher shooting in in the handgun course, but we're going to talk about that more in depth during the main topic. All I have done uh, recently is, uh, it's funny, the show notes say I went to the range. I did not. I went to the gravel pit. Um, After shooting so many gophers and having so much fun with the twenty-two, I decided to grab my 795. I haven't played with it for a while, and I went out to one of my local gravel pits and blasted rocks for about an hour. It was fun. Uh, it, it was kind of like shooting gophers, except the rocks didn't run away. But they were very close to the same range, the distance-wise. So I, uh, all I can say is, and, and like I said, we'll talk about this more in detail later, I sure wish I had had my 795 with me out in Alberta. Because I was whacking rocks like you wouldn't believe without any sort of, just bring the gun up, look at the one I want to hit, and wham, nailed it. So how many uh, now? Uh, this is something that I learned uh, when you're when you guys are out here. How many 795s do you have? Um, I have two uh, and a papoose, which is basically a 795 but with a removable barrel. So I have three total of the same action. Um, Jules is one of them is technically Jules. Uh, it's actually not technically it's mine. Practically it's Jules, I guess, because <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't have her license yet. And it's set up. Uh, it does not have any iron sights, and it has a, a two to seven uh, power scope on it. Um, the Bushnell AR22, and then I have mine with a 1.5 to 4.5 power scope on it, uh, a Bushnell. Um, and it does have its iron sight still, and so that scope has thumb screws, so I can take it off in the event that my scope gets knocked or whatever. And then my papoose is just iron sights only. So, depending on my quote-unquote mission, I grab the most appropriate rifle and head out the door. So today it was the the it was mine, not Jules. So I was uh, yeah, whatever, just out having fun with it. And boy, is it ever fun! I I had uh, <laughs> because of the uh, seven or the uh, twenty-two mag scandal, of course. Recently, I had to, of course, bring out my twenty-five round Pro Arms, uh, or sorry, Pro Mag. Um, and uh, it, it's a, a 25 round mag, so of course I had to load that up and pop that off while I was out there too, just to kind of thumb my nose at the guys who have 1022s. But uh, none of them were <laughs> out there, so they didn't even know. <laughs> but I guess it was more thumbing my nose at the RCMP because they're dumb. <laughs> 
Alrighty. <laughs> yeah. I mean, really. I mean, why why is one rifle mag banned and one of them's not? They they both hold 25 rounds and they both go in semi-auto 22 rifles. It's 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 ridiculous logic. It drives me nuts. But anyhow, um, yeah, that's basically all I did. Why don't we uh, move on to Kelly and see what she did this week? Okay. So on Tuesday night, I went out to the Napanee District Fish and Game Club. Uh, I got asked to go out by. Um, well, actually, the people at CCFR, the Canadian Coalition for Firearms Rights, just see what's going on. There's a lady shoot that's going to be happening on September 17th, so we're going to go out there. But also, the uh, guy that's hosting it or running it, he uh, he's a friend of mine, so he asked me to come on out and yeah, give some ideas about what the ladies can do on the 17th. So it's uh, the planning's underway for that, and it looks like it's going to be a great uh, shoot. And we're hoping to get out a bunch of ladies that aren't really into uh, or don't have their pals or they are pals, just people that are curious in that as well. So uh, that was Tuesday night. Uh, Saturday I went to SFRC. Uh, did you guys? All right. You guys know about the new Turkish handguns that are coming in at all? Uh, Have you no. seen these? Okay, it's there's once. a gear. It's well, I put the link in. It's a Gears and Regard, and it's uh, called a Use It a Yazoo's. Uh, oh, the Gers- Gersans or whatever. Yeah, right? the Gersans. Yeah. Right. Anyway, they have a they have a Beretta knockoff. Yeah, it's exactly like that, and it's five hundred and seventy nine bucks. And hmm. yeah, it's got a nice weight to it. Fits the hand nicely and everything too. So. Yeah, but it's yeah. a Beretta knockoff. Yeah, and it's Turkish, I know. <laughs> oh, I don't but mind still. it as Turkish. I've, I've got a couple Turkish guns, and I don't mind them. They are what they are, and, and they, they work just fine. But I just, I don't see the point of a Beretta, really. I know the military <laughs> in the U.S. uses it, but it's, it's just not my favorite gun, I guess. Uh, well, anyways. We I love the out. look of it. I really it's do. A, it's a really nice-looking gun. I Absolutely. I was really impressed with it. But I don't and know. I've... I, I, I guess I just sort of I'm I'm always opposed to any sort of double action single action handgun. It, it it's this a solution to a problem that never existed. Yeah, I don't know. I figure I've you know five hundred and seventy nine bucks. It's a you know it's a good price for a pistol, right? Yeah, it certainly be. is. And and if you're somebody who watches way too much Lethal Weapon, this is the gun for you. <laughs> True. <laughs> I don't know. Anyways, it it. You know, it had a nice trigger in, on it as well. How nice was the double action trigger? Nice as well. It was really, really yeah, nice yeah, and smooth, not too gritty, fairly light. No, it wasn't. Yeah, it was. So, hmm. Hmm. Well, that's interesting. Anyways, yeah, I, uh, I shot one of those. Uh, uh, the whatever the Gersen is, that's the Beretta ninety two knockoff, mm-hmm. and uh, in stainless, and it wasn't horrible. It wasn't horrible. Mm-hmm. Well, it that's good. Horrible. I mean, that's that's. That's a, a review of sorts. It wasn't <laughs> horrible. It, it, uh, I didn't throw up when I touched it. Uh, well, I don't have a, I don't have a Beretta 92 that I can uh, compare against, so I don't have one that I can readily say like, well, here's where they really went uh, against the grain of, of right. what a true Beretta should be. All I, I it's a pistol and it, it runs hey. and have, have you shot? Bullets. Have you shot a real Beretta 92 before? Nope. Oh, okay, gotcha. I used to own a PX4, right? Right. So, yeah. But, but that's I, a different type of Beretta. I know. But I'm <laughs> saying, based on... I had a Beretta 9mm as well, so, hey. Yeah. Anyways, so, I thought it was a pretty so good deal. So it was deal. cool, huh? And, 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 and like 580 for for a gun like that is actually a really good price. As, as mm-hmm. long as it ends up being reliable, um, yep. you know, it, it'll be great for, for anybody who wants uh, an inexpensive 92 knockoff. Mm-hmm. Anyways, mm-hmm. okay. 
Uh, the other thing that I did was I signed up for a boot camp, an instructor boot camp uh, down in Waco, Texas, and it's going to be happening in February. Uh, one of our listeners or one of our friends, Tim Crosno, put it out on Facebook that he was going to be going to it and asked if anybody wanted to sign so, up for so it. So you're going to go to you're going to go to Waco, Texas. That's just a hop, skip, and a jump from where you are. But you wouldn't come out to Alberta and hang out with Trevor and me and Adriel. This is true. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I'm just saying, like, it was like, you know, come on now. You're going into another country and then all the way across the continent. This was only like a, you know, four-hour plane ride for you to get to, to Alberta. Not wasn't even coast to coast. No. Nah. Gosh, we know where your priorities lie now, Kelly. Right. It's With Tim Crosno. <laughs> <laughs> the funny thing is there's actually a couple of Canadians that are going down. Well, that's and cool. I think it's and I think it's because of the fact that it's February in Texas. Yeah, and now that's a good point. You know, in February, yeah. I think I'd rather want to be in Texas as well. So, what kind of instructor boot camp is this? Like, what's it for? Is it? I'm guessing Appleseed. It's an Appleseed, yeah. So. That's cool. Yeah. So, just kind so of help you become a little bit better of an instructor, just kind of more advanced techniques kind of thing. Is that the idea behind it? Yeah, exactly. They're going to awesome. have known distance and different things like that as well. So, are you bringing yeah. any guns? Uh, no. We're not going to be bringing guns. Okay. You're just going to so, use ones down there instead? I, I think Texas has a few guns. You could probably borrow one or two. They might have a couple. Yeah. One or two. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, not. And speaking of uh, apple seed, we're working on maple seed, so stay tuned for dates. We All of us have um, uh, have looked at the dates that we're, we're available for. So, yeah, we're pretty close to doing that. So if anybody's interested in coming to a maple seed, they can actually send me a request on the Facebook group and I'll add them. So can yeah, you uh, can you add that link to the to the just to the bottom of the show notes so I can add it in? Sure. I was actually talking to um, at the course I was talking to someone from Edson and he and he was really adamant that uh, that they needed a maple seed out there. And mm-hmm. he was saying they had done the Ruger days Yep. Uh, a couple of times, but he really wanted to get into something that would uh, be really approachable, be, be fun for uh, younger people and and uh, uh, adults alike. And uh, he was really super interested, and he's a listener, so I'm sure he's looking for that. And if you're listening, I'll probably have a link for that Facebook bo- uh, link at the bottom at the bottom of the uh, show notes. Yeah, I'll put it in there, and yeah, open. yeah. So yeah. Yeah, not, not I, much. I want to definitely get out to a maple seed sometime, but hopefully not one in Alberta. Maybe there'll be one a little closer. <laughs> Why don't you come down to Waco in February? <laughs> well, because I'm not an instructor, so... <laughs> yeah, I know. But, uh, no, I mean, I loved going out to Alberta, and I, I would go there again, but I would rather do the maple seed a little closer to home, because... Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Well, you already have somebody who is, uh, you know, gallon. He's already got his patch, so... Yep, but yeah. Start them so, so once you have your patch, you can start putting them on. Is that how that goes? Well, once you have your patch, it means that you're eligible. You're supposed to attend to apple seeds. Oh, okay. Well, that's have a cool. Patch as well, so. well, that's a good start yeah. for him. Anyway, he's halfway there. Mm-hmm. Yep. Awesome. All right, Adriel, what about you? Oh, let's see here. I'll, I'll, I'll just do the the kind of like purchases and that kind of thing because I think we're going to talk about the. Uh, training and the gopher shooting a little bit later, but I a while back ordered up some uh, an eBay gun belt and mag pouches, and the mag e- pouches, eBay brand is that what that was? Like an eBay, eBay brand, brand with the TM <laughs> on there and everything. Weren't they no, the just Chinese like, ones that were ten bucks a piece and yeah. the belt for like thirty bucks? Yeah, yeah. And now uh, the mag pouches at ten bucks a pop. 
No problem. I love them. They've got all sorts of little uh, pads and that kind of thing. So you can you can adjust it very easily to the different kind of mags that you run. So for me, I'm I'm adjusting them for my FN mags because my previous mag pouches were only good for the MMP. They were uh, they're too small and too tight for the uh, the FN. Mag pouches are great, adjustable, whatnot. Um, the belt itself <laughs> is not. <laughs> it's the same width as uh, as a regular competition belt and the same height and whatnot but uh, uh-huh. it is not stiff at all it's it's really really wobbly like if i could go um if i could go in order uh trevor's gun belt is here and uh he's got a uh, uh, double alpha gun belt very stiff very stiff nice uh, i've got a black scorpion belt which is a little bit cheaper like the double alpha is 60 bucks this thing's 50 and uh it's it's not quite as stiff but it's not horrible and then this eBay belt was thirty bucks, and it is horrible. There's no stiffness to it uh, in comparison to the other belts, uh, but it's it's enough to wear. I'm just uh, um, I've got it loaded out right now. Uh, when we do three gun, there's a stage where it's just on the shotgun stage, so we just have to shoot shot shells. So all I'm doing is I'm going to use that outer belt as my outer for the shotgun stage so it's loaded up with a ton of shot shell carriers on the front and then the other one my black scorpion that's going to be my regular use belt i guess you could say so now i've got two outer belts i only have to run one inner belt and i can you know mix and match depending on what the stage requires right so i guess that's not bad now for for anyone out there listening, just buy the double alpha belt. They're sixty bucks. They're like super stiff. I think MD Gardner has like a pile of them. Just buy one of those. Uh, but if you're looking for a second belt, or if you're looking for a, a real noodly belt for whatever, yeah, I don't reason, know why you would want a noodly belt, but you know, if no. you do, here's your here's your option. <laughs> yeah, here's your option. Buy the buy the one that looks kind of like it's a stiff belt on eBay, but it is not a stiff <laughs> belt. No. Uh, let's see. I got an FNS holster. Now I, I, I had problems finding the long slide version. I wanted to get one of the Blade ones that uh, just a regular plastic kind of a deal, and uh, I couldn't find them. I got a regular length one. I chopped the end off. The end is is kind of like pinched in where it, where it covers the barrel and the slide. I just chopped that bit off. So now I've got a an FNS holster that my FNS long slide kind of peeks out the bottom, but that's fine. Oh yeah, I mean, there's lots of holsters that do that. I've, I can't think of one offhand, but I've I've been holster shopping in the past, and it'll be like, oh, this is for a Glock 26, 19, 17, 34, right? Mm-hmm. So it fits the it fits all the Glocks, and the longer ones just poke through the bottom, no big deal. So yeah, yeah. still co- fully covers the trigger. Still exactly. gives a uh, still gives a good nice click when it goes in there. Yep. Um, and the yeah, the, uh, I think we mentioned on the last show the FNS long slide does not fit the. Uh, uh, MMP Pro holster. Right. Uh, let's see. Oh, and then I, uh, I, f- I finally got my 3D printer to print. So this, t- this takes two and a half hours, and this printer is uh, inexpensive and from China. <laughs> and uh, so the reliability is not that great. Uh, but I finally got it to print a, a two-round match saver uh, for shotgun. And this first fully printed one is going to Matthew. Yay! <laughs> so awesome. This one's getting. This one's going into your uh, into this package here, and I'm going to mail it out. I can I can always print one, um, you know, more for myself and, and my local friends. But uh, well, hopefully that's not the only one that works. Hopefully, <laughs> you can actually print more. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, hopefully. Well, I mean, yeah. So the, uh, I, I really like how tight it is. And the way I printed it, I had it kind of pointing up. Like you, if you can imagine the shells pointing up and, and the 3D printer going around kind of on that same plane. Yep. And what it does is it's got ridges along the path of pulling the shot shell. Oh, so nice. it shouldn't move with recoil. And it should give a nice tight uh, grip on it. Awesome. Uh, so, uh, so it should work really well. So, um, so did you just I'm end kinda... up putting a, a, a bigger power supply in that for it to work properly? I tested the power, and the power was fine. Uh, so I re-leveled and recalibrated uh, some of the things and started printing away, and it seems to be working oh, okay. fantastic. So maybe it yep. was just slightly off of calibration then. It's a learning. Cur- it's a steep learning curve. Sure. And uh, yeah, so I've been mucking around with it, and uh, yeah, every time I every time I get down and I print something or I calibrate and and learn a little bit more, I'm I'm printing better stuff. So awesome. So you get the first completed one. Mine will be better, right? Of course, that's the way that goes. <laughs> I get the prototype. You get the finished product. <laughs> Where are you finding all your files for this? Uh, Thingiverse. There's a there's a website called Thingiverse, and it's just yeah. got a whole bunch of free stuff, like whatever people just kind of pitch in. And uh, let's see here. I mean, also on my desk here, I've got a pile of like Lego stuff that I printed for my kids and like my friends' yeah. kids and that kind of thing. I've got like little Pokemon uh, models and that kind of thing for everyone who does Pokemon Go. You know, and, of course. Uh, like Trevor, that's what uh, he's doing in Vancouver right now. He's supposed to have a trigger warning. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and, and uh, you know, one of my uh, one of my wife's uh, keys, like car keys. One has, of like, your wives? You have more than one wife? Uh, not yet. Okay. Uh, work Go, gotcha. But, you uh, finished uh, the sentence then too quickly for me, but yeah, that's hilarious. Okay, keep going. Sorry. Uh, one of my <laughs> wife's keys for her car is got like you know where it connects to a car uh, keychain is broken so i'm gonna print like kind of like a box that'll go around it and, and we'll fix that so there are some practical things to this beyond gun stuff and pokemon stuff and lego stuff <laughs> whoa whoa, whoa. you're trying to tell me that pokemon's not practical uh... <laughs> i'm kidding of course it's not what about receivers just saying receivers yeah like an ar receiver <laughs> mm. Well, I know some people, uh, and some of them are listeners, who who have some like much better printers that will be able to print with uh, higher fidelity and more reliability. Mm. Uh, who could print that stuff out? I don't know. I just it it's never really come across to me as something like I really really want to do because a lot of the three D printed stuff, like guns and that kind of thing, they're proof of concept. It's like we've got this pistol. It kind of works. Yeah, exactly. It's not. It's not like you're doing it to to get a free gun or something because it it only sort of works. It's not like something you're gonna you know use regularly. So what's the point? Yeah, exactly. And I, I saw a post for one guy who was making a pistol. And he's like, oh, I added this barrel sleeve to it, and now it's much better. It's like, well, why don't you just, <laughs> I just make a gun? Why don't you just get a, like a metal bender and just like you know get some some uh, some sheet metal and bend something up and you'll be way, way further than you could with 3D printing this out. Yeah. Well, like you said, it's just to prove that the technology can do it. So, Yeah, and yeah. I mean, even those shot savers, like you can, you can go out and get a, a shot saver for, you know, 20, 30, 40 bucks. Yeah. Uh, the printer itself is, is you know, 350 so <laughs> I'm not saving any money on this. <laughs> nope, but, uh, but you can do but it, can and it's fun. Yeah, maybe maybe if I print up like six of them, I'll start, I'll start making my money back, right? There you go. <laughs> start selling them on eBay. Yeah. yeah, early selling them to my friends for uh, Langevulin and uh, and other uh, alcohols. Right. <laughs> <laughs> That'll work. Yeah. Anyways, that's that's what I did in guns. Awesome. Well, we'll move on to some upcoming events. Um, James W won, and he should email us. 
Uh, I believe. I, now I, just before the show here, I yeah. went on like an epic uh, internet creep session. So yep. I contacted him through multiple channels. I expect success. <laughs> uh, and if we get no success from this, then I do believe this stock will be going to the next person's yes. name that we draw out of the hat because I mean this is getting a little long at this point so we need to we need to get that SKS stock who, who has that does that Trevor have that Trevor has it yeah yeah we got to get that just, out of Trevor's house before he has like an aneurysm or something just burning a hole wherever it is right now he just looks at it and every day just oh man an SKS stock oh, he, I, he, still... he really likes it but he actually uh, does he, he refuses to buy an SKS still though likes the stock but he thinks he'll the hold stock the is pretty cool yeah, yeah. All right, uh, the 2016 CNSCA Sporting Clays National Championship is going to be taking place at the Wapiti, Wapiti, hopefully I'm saying that right, Shooters Club in Grand Prairie on September uh, 1st to 4th. Active Killer Defense Course coming up August 21st in London. That's being put on by Rick. He's also uh, putting on an Urban Pistol Course in Barrie uh, September 17th. So if you're interested in that, you can contact Rick. The Practical Shooters of Canada is proud to announce the first Canadian Precision Rifle Series match to happen at the 4th Canadian Division Training Centre just outside of Meaford. The Meaford Long Range Steel Challenge is going to be happening September 2nd through the 4th. The 2016 Algonquin Cup will be taking place at the Eagle Lake Gun Club in Sunridge, Ontario, and that is September 18th. Uh, August 20th and 21st. Earl Green of Phase Line Green Tactical will be at the Regina Wildlife Federation for a two-day carbine course. So if you're interested in shooting carbines, you can check that out. That's phaselinegreentactical.ca slash carbine-2-day.php. Wow, I can't believe I read that, but I did. It wasn't that long. It worked out. <laughs> Brian S. sent in the Valkyrie Defense uh, has a counter-ambush concepts course in Battle Creek, Michigan. How appropriate. Counter-ambush in Battle Creek. <laughs> so that'll be happening October 9th. For anybody who's interested, check out their website for details, which is main.valkyriedefensegroup.com. Uh, an Appleseed project is happening, having an Appleseed in Coshocton, Ohio. I hope I said that right. Uh, September 10th and 11th. Uh, there'll be some Canadians on hand to help instruct. So check out that website to register, and that website will be in the show notes tonight. And Brian S. sent that one in as well. And the Handgun Fundamentals 1 and 2 will be July 15th and 16th in 2017 back in Alberta. So that's right. The first one was enough of a success that we are going to be back for a two-day course next year in Alberta. Um, Trevor and I are coming out to do that. And it's going to be Handgun Fundamentals 1 on Saturday and Handgun Fundamentals 2 on Sunday. So anybody who's interested uh, in attending that, Email the show and we will get you squared away. So, uh, so yeah, that uh, yeah. that brings us into some news. Unless either of you guys have something you want to continue on about that. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, we we just well, you guys just decided on the days for that, uh, like a couple of days ago, kind of a thing. So, still really early on. We're not taking any funds or anything like that. And not yet. Uh, just if you're interested, send us an email. We'll get you on the list just so that uh, we can start filling up that list. And and yeah, we're not asking for any money yet. We just want to see who's interested. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I, I know that you guys are doing it. Uh, you know, you can say that it's for the viewers and, and the listeners, but really, you guys just want to shoot gophers again, don't you? We, that is basically it. It's like, how can we get back out here and shoot more gophers? They're like, well, I guess you got to put on another handgun course. All right, I guess so, if that's what it takes. <laughs> 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 oh, yeah. 
That was so much I, fun. I guess we're moving on that too, eh? You're going to have to come out, Kelly, this time. <laughs> That's our rule. And maybe we have a way of getting you out there, right, Adriel? Why don't you t- kick us off uh, the first news item here? Okay, yeah. So some of the other podcasts out there do this, and, and we thought we'd kind of jump on the bandwagon. Uh, we're on Patreon. So Patreon is uh, a way of funding the different uh, podcasts or whatever content creators out there that you like. Uh, it's a, either a direct uh, subscription model where you can kind of like give five bucks a month or, or whatever the case might be to the show. And like primarily, uh, we need to use this to get funds for our corporate jet that we'll uh, be using to you know fly around the country to uh, visit everyone and, uh, and that kind of thing. Don't worry, uh, though. We're but, just getting a small corporate jet, not one of those big ones. We're not going to go for, like, a Gulfstream or something ridiculous. We're just going to go for, like, no. a Citation 5 or something. You know, something just kind of reasonable. Exactly. Something <laughs> you know. something reasonable. Still jet-powered, though. None of that prop garbage. Oh, no, no, no. That prop stuff's for the birds. Yeah, yeah. I was going to ask uh, if it was going to be an ultralight. No, it, it will not be. Not, not if it's jet-powered. Although we are going to have to hire Rick, I think, to give me some lessons to fly the jet. There oh, why go. don't we just hire Rick? Because I want to fly mm. the jet. <laughs> okay. Come, come on now. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, anyways, yeah. So, so we've got this Patreon thing. Like realistically, we you know we've got to pay you know hundred bucks or, or or whatever a year for hosting and domains and that kind of thing. It'd be cool to get that covered and uh, you know whatever else. So if we can get some money for ammo or uh, or drinks or you know hanging out with uh, with listeners and that kind of thing, you know, awesome. Yeah, so basically, basically we'll, uh, the, the, all of the Patreon funds will be in some way put back towards the show in one regard or another, whether it's paying for hosting fees or whether it's, you know, getting getting together with, with listeners and stuff. It's This is definitely not going to be stuff going into our pocket. We, we make nothing on this. This is all just a way to kind of help cover our costs and anything extra is going back to you guys. Yeah, exactly. So I'll throw the, the link for that into the show notes. Excellent. All right. Um, the... Saskatoon homepage news article. Who threw that in there? Uh, I threw that one in there. Uh, that was um, this uh, shooting that had happened in Saskatchewan. So I'll uh, I'll go ahead and read this through. Yeah, fifty-four-year-old Gerald. Uh, Gerald. Oh boy. Gerald. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> kind of like Gerald, uh, G- but Gerald. <laughs> or add an O and a P for Gerald uh, Stanley of the Bigger District has been charged with second-degree murder in relation to the shootings at a farm in the RM of Glenside, about 120 kilometers west of Saskatoon. Late Tuesday afternoon, five people drove onto the property and were immediately confronted by the property owners. The intruders were not known to the property owners, and a verbal exchange occurred in an attempt to get the vehicle out of the yard. A shot was fired, killing a man from the vehicle. Police arrived and arrested Stanley at the scene. A man, woman, and a girl, all from the vehicle, were also arrested in connection with a theft investigation. Police have located a boy who was being sought at the time. Charges are being considered with respect to some property-related offenses. Stanley is in provincial court in North Battleford today. So it sounds like uh, it sounds like his spidey senses about these people was right, but he might have made the wrong call in uh, in shooting at them if they're if, just on his yeah property, if, right? if if somebody's life was not in danger then he had no no reason to be firing his gun um so yeah. we don't know the whole story of course maybe somebody's life was in danger uh we do know that just because he was charged does not mean that he has done something wrong yet that simply means that the police are doing what they normally do they throw charges and then they sort it all out later um but uh 
from you know at first blush it appears as though these guys were on his property and he didn't like it and so he fired a, a shot to get them to leave and and then ended up killing somebody so that's uh, that's definitely not the right way to go about that sort of encounter uh but at the same time you have to wonder i mean there was a verbal exchange and then there was a shot so these these guys are yelling at at the property owner who has a gun like what wouldn't you leave if the property owner came out with a gun i mean that's kind of the <laughs> well, especially if they're thieves, right? Because it, it sounds like they were arrested uh, in connection with some thefts on the property, like around yeah. there. So, you know, uh, one thing to, to consider, a lot of people out there who are rural, well, this this fits in, right? Uh, stuff gets stolen when you're on a rural property. Yes, and, it does, yeah. And, you know, at, at some point, it's almost, it's, it's almost difficult to stop because you can't be at your home all the time. Uh, this guy was at home. Some people drove in. He pulled a shotgun, which is probably a bad move and mm-hmm. definitely shooting someone was a bad move yep. uh, when there was no risk to uh, to life there. So. Well, if there was no risk to life. We, we don't know yes. that yet. I yeah, mean, maybe, making... I mean the, the most common reason that, that police shoot at vehicles anyway and occupants in vehicles is because the car is driving towards them. You know, mm-hmm. and that is, a, a car is a lethal weapon and if the car was driving towards the property owner in, a, in such a way that they meant to run him over and kill him, then firing a shot is actually completely acceptable. But we just don't know the situation yet, so it's going to be interesting to yeah. watch this and see what actually happened. Yeah, yeah, we don't know about it, but uh, yeah, that's, anyways, that's what happened. Yeah, so, um, so it's still not okay to shoot robbers, I guess. Not nope. <laughs> I think Trevor said that on uh, on Vox. I thought that was kind of funny. It's still not okay. It, it wasn't okay, and it's still not okay. Just yeah. clarifying. So anyhow, I guess we'll move into the main topic, and that is going to be uh, sort of a recap on how the class went, and then, of course, uh, war stories, gopher stories, <laughs> if you will. And... Uh, there were some there were some good stories so it's it's going to be a it's going to be a fun discussion but let's let's kick it off with with the class uh we wish Trevor was here to help us out with uh, with discussing this with us but he is unfortunately out in Vancouver shooting somebody else's gun or something i don't know so he can't be here but uh the the, <laughs> the class was a success um in my opinion i think that any everybody who attended left uh having improved in some way or another uh, we started off the class with, uh, you know, your your mandatory safety briefings and, and you know, range procedures and, and whatnot. But, but the first drill was basically everybody loaded up their gun and shot 10 rounds at a target. And what we did then is we just put everybody's name on their target and we put that target away. And then we started. And we started with, uh, you know, your, your, the typical things that you would go through in a fundamentals class. And, uh, and, and a short while later, uh, we had everybody reshoot that target. And I think every single person... Uh, shot a smaller group the second time around so uh mm-hmm. you know that right there i would at that at that point we were very close to to coming up upon lunch at that point so we were halfway through through the course almost and at that point i was i was like all right cool success we're done everybody got better <laughs> we don't even need to keep teaching you guys have all gotten better very good <laughs> but uh, but of course we did and we moved on to some some more advanced drills and and whatnot um the the range of shooters that we had was almost exactly what I was expecting. We had people who had uh, very, very little handgun experience, right up to people who have uh, their black badges and are IPSC competitors. We even had at least one police officer there. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, the, the range of, of shooters was 
um, intent, you know, it, it was wide and that was good. And it, it forced Trevor and I to actually kind of be able to, to go between the level, the skill level of each shooter and be able to help them in different ways. And uh, I, I think we were at least moderately successful in doing that. Um, well, you know, I, I was at uh, I was at another course uh, earlier in the year, uh, and there was one instructor for 20 students. And the thing that you get with one instructor and 20 students is that they're doing bulk instructions, always bulk instructions. Yep. And they see three people doing something wrong, they're going to mention it. Hey, some of you are doing this wrong, and they just kind of throw it out at the crowd. Right. If one person's doing one thing wrong they might not be able to get to that person. And that's something that, uh, I think that's something that you guys did really well is that you were both like hands-on with, with people. Um, I would say like each person got, when when they were shooting, every five minutes or so, they got like direct hands-on experience with you guys and moving hands and drawing on their hands to show like, hey, here's where your hands are supposed to meet up. And uh, we just like eight. drawing on people, to be honest. We're, we're, we're those people with the crayons and the paper at the at the restaurant. We're always drawing on stuff. We just can't help it. You give us magic markers, we write on people. <laughs> you got to do a little <laughs> smiley face between the two hands, right? <laughs> yep. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I mean, you guys, you guys had a, a lot of hands on with uh, with people, and I think that made a big difference because it wasn't just like, oh yeah, that looks good. Keep doing what you're doing. It was nope. You got to like lock up that wrist here. Or, hey, your elbows aren't locked, or keep your head a little bit lower, or I saw that little dip in, in your trigger pull, and uh, and the the amount of attention in it was, was really, really good. Well, good. I'm glad to hear that as, as feedback from somebody who was there. Uh, that's what we try to do. We try to give each student um, some one-on-one, because for for the most part, most people learn more effectively that way, or the most effectively that way, is, is having one-on-one with the instructor. And, and that's the really nice thing about having two instructors in the class. And not only that, we had you as our sort of rear line officer, and you, you got to stand back and just observe the whole class and watch for safety infractions and stuff and just kind of helped us keep the line safe. Mm-hmm. And that allowed us to actually get in there and not have to stay back and watch everybody, you know, watch fingers and muzzles and stuff. Obviously, we were always watching that anyway, but we didn't have to focus on it so intently because we knew you were back there, you know, keeping that in check for us. And that, that let us get in there and, and help people out. Yeah. Yeah, and I think everyone, you know, everyone. It was it was a super safe course. I didn't see anything uh, uh, too crazy, and uh, yeah, it, it got us to really focus on those fundamentals. The uh, like you were mentioning there, the morning of, uh, a lot of people had some really drastic improvements. Some people came in, uh, you know, no one, no one. I don't think anyone came in saying that their sights on their pistol were off. Did we have that at all? No, we did have a couple of of guns where we we shot for ourselves. Um, mm-hmm. to make sure that the sights weren't off. And we actually found one that was. But for yeah, the most Ruger, part... Yeah, uh, SR9, right? Yep, it was... Uh, I th- I, was it that one? I can't remember if it was that one or another one. But uh, but yeah, we did find one gun that, that was actually the sights. It was shooting a little bit to the left, if I remember right. But for the most part, everybody's guns shot straight, despite <laughs> some of their insistences at some points. <laughs> Well, most most people came into it. I, I thought uh, from a, a pretty humble place. They they said like, ah, you know what? It's hitting high. I know it's me, but I don't know what I'm doing right now. And, right. and I think coming into that with that approach was really good because then you guys could get to get to work on 
you know, figuring out what was going on and solving the problem rather than arguing about it being the sights. You know what? My sights are uh, are off, and they're they're always going low and to the left, and it's yeah, my yeah. sights sure, that are doing Sure, that. they're off. Sure, they are. <laughs> we actually had one person where uh, he, after we had gone through the fundamentals, uh, when he reshot his 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 group for the second time, had one shot high right. And we talked to him about that, and he said that that's where I normally aim because that's what lets me put the shots on target. So this guy was normally aiming high into the right, which was, of course, your classic anticipation shot, right? You're, you're anticipating the recoil, and so you're hitting low left because he's a right-handed shooter. And after we had gone through the fundamentals, when he held in the spot he normally holds to hit where he wanted to, he actually hit where he was aiming and then adjusted his <laughs> sights that he was actually aiming for the bullseye and was actually hitting the bullseye. So... Yeah, that was really cool to see that sort of thing. And you're right, Adriel. I didn't have to argue with one person. Um, everybody was very uh, open to the idea that because their gun was not hitting where they wanted it to, it wasn't the gun, it was them. And not one person argued with me and said, no, 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 I think the gun's not shooting right. And uh, so it it really helps to have uh, students like that because you can, like you said, focus on actually teaching them something instead of arguing with them and saying, hey, just give me your gun and I'll prove it to you, which, you know, we've had to do in the past. Oh, I was looking forward to it. I'm so disappointed <laughs> it didn't happen. <laughs> oh, we, it is so satisfying too. Trevor's usually the guy that does it. Trevor is a phenomenal pistol shooter. I, have, I don't know how he does it. He can pick up any handgun and drill the center of any target just about every single time. And we've been in some black badges before where someone's you know, typically shooting low left. Like, I got to adjust my sights. I got to adjust my sights. Look, it's not hitting where I'm aiming. I'm aiming at the right spot. It's hitting in the, in the different spot. And Trevor's like, give me your gun. Puts 10 rounds right through the center of the target. There you go, sir. It's not your gun. It's you. <laughs> the look of, oh, crap. <laughs> it's just, it's priceless. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I, I remember having those thoughts go through my head. Oh, man, it's, it's too bad I've got fixed sights. It's hitting low and to the left. I can adjust for the left, but I can't adjust for the low. And right. I, I remember having those, those yep. thoughts in my and head. Just about and everybody you- does. Yeah, you consult these online. You go online, you look at the pistol circle, and you're like, oh, low left. What is that? Oh, it's uh, this and this. But really, like, like, let's be real here. If it's low and or to the left, and it's substantial, it's anticipation. And yep. it's an anticipation every time. And it's just something you have to, you know... Uh, ruthlessly beat out of yourself just and that's by it. You, a couple you, of different tricks. And you continuously do that. I mean, while I was there, I, I don't remember if it was during the course or maybe it was the next day, I, and I shot a group. It was the next day. It was when we were shooting from, was that 25 yards? Uh, when we shot from the yeah. tables there? Yeah, yeah, that would have been 25, yeah. Yeah, so m- when I started shooting, my group was nice and tight, and then it started drifting low left, and I knew exactly what I was doing, and and. Even an experienced shooter as myself will still anticipate and will still print that classic meteor sort of uh, sort of line, and uh, you know it, it is it is like you said. And I like that term, ruthless. You ruthlessly have to continuously improve that, and you never mm-hmm. you never completely get rid of it because it's just a physiological response of the human body. Something is exploding less than three feet in front of your face. You, you're going to flinch, so you just have to whether it's dry firing, whether it's just practicing, that there's a lot of different techniques that you can use to, to stop that from happening, but you have to employ one of them. And if you don't, you're going to shoot low left. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Now, um, not, to, not to steal anything from your thunder here for the afternoon, but Matthew, 
I am super jealous about how tight a group you can shoot with one hand, either strong or weak. <laughs> I, it's it's in, like there's there's there wasn't even at the course uh, over the weekend. There's no one even close. There's no one even close to how tight a group you can print with one hand. Uh, thank you. Um, it, it's practice. Uh, and, and Trevor will laugh and say, no, it's not. You never practice. But I, I do practice a little bit. And anytime I do shoot handguns, at least a mag goes down range from my left and from my right hand alone. Um, I know that that is a skill that could potentially save my life someday because... You know, in, in most of the, you know, and I'm not ever saying that I'm going to have to use my handgun for self-defense. And in fact, I hope I never do. And, and chances are, I never will. But if I do, probably more than 70, 80% of the time, people are using their guns one-handed. Because either they're holding a loved one uh, behind them, or they're holding somebody at bay, or they've got something in their hand, they're holding open a door or, or whatever. You're shooting one-handed. And I know that that is something that, you know, if if it ever came to it, chances are I'm going to be shooting one-handed, and so I want to be good at it. And so I, I, I do practice that quite a bit. And I was, they don't always, they're not always that tight age drill. I was just very fortunate that uh, any time that I was doing it on the weekend that I was there, I was managing to pull off some really nice shots. <laughs> well, you know, the, the, the really funny thing, too, okay, so we, we shot some one-handed groups, and mine, mine were pretty terrible. Just one-handed where you're doing everything you should be doing. You're squeezing. You're, you've got it focused out. You're focusing on adding pounds to it. And then uh, the next day, we're goofing around and, and just doing uh, the, uh, uh, the client drill there. And my, I was hammering paper at 10 yards, just a, just a smallish piece of paper with one hand. No problem. And it's just, you know, it's surprising how much psychological work goes into uh, shooting it one-handed, where if you're doing something else and you're, you're kind of on autopilot, it's, you know, it's not that bad. And, and, and that is a, that's a good point. Um, it's when you let your brain do it subconsciously that you'll end up shooting the best groups. And that's because you're not thinking about the gun going bang. You're not thinking about that recoil. You're thinking about something else and just letting your body do the work. And that's where a good pistol shooter needs to get is where they've done it enough times, their body knows what to do, and they'll squeeze off those shots whenever the sights are on target, and they'll go where, they, where you want them to. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's just it's just really surprising. I, I, I went into that drill thinking, oh, man, I'm gonna, I am going to miss three-quarters of my shots here. And it's like, nope. <laughs> <laughs> Nailed them. Not at all. <laughs> Yep. No, it was it was really good. That was the one where we were uh, where where you had to run to the the the, the client, I guess. If you yes, yep. yeah. So no. you, you had to grab someone and move and shoot one handed, and yeah, we were making our hits at a at a at a, at a, long, a further distance than we were when we we're doing quote unquote bullseye one handed right. shooting. Yeah, and that's funny because I, I remember pacing that off going, This is where we shot yesterday from three paces and people weren't getting their hits and here we are, I think I paced it off to seven and we were nailing our hits, no problem. And like you said, it's because we were doing something else. Now, for those of you who, who aren't aware, this is the second day on Sunday when just four of us went to the range, just just uh you know uh, nothing official. We we're just there hammering uh, we had some Trevor and I bought some ammo that we needed for the class and I think I ended up shooting uh you know ten rounds and Trevor ended up shooting like a and so we each had uh, almost 200 rounds we had to burn through. So we went back to the range to burn them off. And we did some more advanced drills with Will and a drill and uh, a Mark. 
And so th- those are some some sort of level two things that we'll be coming back to um, in Alberta next year. And that that's some of the things that we'll be doing in a level two class. So if you're interested in doing that, you should uh, definitely sign up for it. Yeah, yeah, we're just horsing around, but uh, yeah, back to uh, I guess back to the afternoon of the uh, of handgun fundamentals one. What did, what did we start with? We I guess we would have started with uh, the draw, right? Yeah, we did. Yeah, we started with the draw, and uh, you know, d- during the morning before we get to where we teach you how to draw properly, nobody was drawing or holstering a loaded pistol. All of that was done unloaded because we we don't know where everybody's. Uh, excuse me, skill set is, and so we didn't want anybody, you know, <laughs> drawing or, 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 or holstering a loaded gun because we just didn't know that they were capable yet. Um, but yeah, we got to that, and we we taught them uh, a, a very good way of doing that without uh, without shooting yourself. And then we taught reloading after that, and uh, and then we got into the strong hand weekend stuff. Oh, we did we did some controlled pairs too, shooting uh, shooting. I guess what people would typically call a double shot, but we don't like calling it that because uh, it's misleading. Yeah, double tap. Yeah. Double tap, yeah. So, yeah, and then, then we wrapped it up with a couple of competitions. Uh, we started off with the Lucky Charms drill, and that's a, a, a sheet of paper with six different shapes, and each shape is a different color, and each color also has a different number. So you can call out, you know, a, a specific target on, on the paper three different ways. And so we had Adriel at the back calling out different numbers, shapes, and colors, and the, the, the students had to hit them. Um, and if you were the last one to shoot or you missed, you were out. And so we, we very quickly got down to, uh, to, to, to the, the people who were, you know, getting their hits. And it was a, sort of a good way to kind of bring sort of all of the fundamentals together because you, you basically had to employ them all if you were going to get good solid hits and do it in enough time that you weren't the last person shooting. So I think we ended up with, uh, we did it three times and got three first place winners and then took those, first, th- those three first place winners and squared them off against each other. And I, I believe it was Sean that uh, came down on top and, uh, and ended up winning mm-hmm. that. So he, uh, he got the class target. So that was yeah. kind of cool. You know, it's, it's, it's surprising, too, because we're shooting from 10 yards, and we're shooting some, like, really, really small targets on paper. They're, you know, yep. just a, a couple of inches of a, a diameter kind of a thing. And, you know, just, just drawing and, and shooting on those with no timer is one thing, but doing it under pressure is something entirely different. So it's really good practice to, uh, you know, do that under some pressure and do it consistently. So it's a... Uh, I, I really like that one, and uh, I like that I have uh, all the extra targets. Cause <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're going to have to print off some more. Two. Yeah, we'll have to print yeah, off some so, more for next year. <laughs> yeah, some of those are going to go to uh, Tom, and uh, and some of those I'm, uh, some of those I might use at the range. Absolutely. I mean, that's why we left yeah. them, for you guys to play with and for you guys to use. So, yeah, I think uh, you know Tom said he wanted a couple, so make sure he gets some. But after that, Definitely. you know. Good, good practice, and that way you can take out other people and, and kind of show them what uh, what to expect if they ever come out to our course. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, you know, and for for the listeners out there, if you want, like this is this it it it's special in the way it's printed. But if you're wanting to practice this, it's not much. Just draw three inch in diameter circles on your targets, and that's what you should be able to hit from say twenty five yards, twenty yards, kind of a thing. Pop that on on the on the paper and uh, actually what we were at ten yards. We were at ten yards. Yeah, twenty feet. We were at ten yards. Um, I'm uh, I'm mixing up my feet and yards here. That's yeah, it's okay. Yeah, ten yeah. ten yards and and you should be able to hammer those and you should be able to do it uh, fairly quickly. So it's you know nothing nothing super special, but uh, uh, I think a really good training aid in getting those hits and uh, practicing really good trigger control. 
Yeah, it's it's a good way to show people what a handgun's actually capable of. A lot of people don't realize a handgun can be extremely accurate, and as long as you 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 know follow the fundamentals of a proper shooting, you can you can shoot very small groups from distances that you'd be surprised that you can shoot them from. So uh, it's it's one of those things where you just have to continuously push yourself, push the envelope to find out just how far back you can go and and still make good hits. And uh, you know that's you know if you're shooting something that that launches a projectile at a high rate of speed, you might as well learn to do that from the farthest distance you possibly can because that's kind of the idea behind a gun: stay at a safe distance and launch your force <laughs> in the di- in the direction you don't want to go. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, uh, so we finished up. So that was sort of our our first competition. Then we finished up with a, a sort of little mini steel challenge, I guess. It, we had uh, uh, the range. I got to talk about Brad's range just for a quick second. Mm-hmm. Anybody who's watched Hickok 45 videos, you'll know what I'm talking about. That's what Brad's range looks like. It's just steel all over the place. It is. All, I mean, I could just I could have spent hours there just burning off ammo like crazy. He had gongs and and targets that fell over and poppers and plates and you name it. Anyway, we picked out three of them that were at three different distances. One was close, one was medium, and one was far. And the idea was every student got four shots. Get as many points as you can, as quickly as you can, in four shots. So the first target was worth five points, the second target was worth, I think, ten points, and the last target was worth twenty points, or something like that. And so, you know, if you were comfortable with your ability to shoot, maybe you'd shoot all four shots at the far target. Or maybe if you weren't so comfortable, you'd shoot them all at the close target or or whatever. Um, But it was a lot of fun. You know, every student kind of came up with their own strategy to to get their shots off as quickly as possible and to to make as many hits as they could. And um, crap, what was the guy's name that won? Oh, he got his four on the far target in seven seconds. Yeah, was it Ryan? No, I'm going to have to look that up. Yeah, we can check our Facebook page there. Yeah, I'll know it when I see it. <laughs> he was shooting a 1911 on top of that, which uh, yeah. was cool. Um, one of the 1911s that actually didn't have any malfunctions that I was aware of. So if he did have any malfunctions, he covered it up very quickly and didn't let me know about it because we were watching those <laughs> who had 1911s. <laughs> He's so used to failures that you don't even see his remedial action. It's just that fast. Exactly. Just boom, and it's back into action. So... Uh. I'm so no, accurate. He had he had some nice tall sights on that thing. It was yep. it looked really ergonomic and he got his hits. Yes, he did. And I'm perfect. So his picture is on is on the the, the Facebook page. Uh he won a timer actually, but his name's not there, so I still don't know oh. his name. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, it's I I maybe it would no, not Mike cuz Mike was Mike Roost was the Ipsic shooter. Remember him? I'm gonna. Uh, I, I'll, I'll find out. I'll figure it out and then say it on the show before the show's over. But uh, I, I'm very oh, sorry man, that I can't remember your name. Although there were 17 of you to keep track of, and there was only two of us for you to keep track of, so that's why it's easier for you to remember us, and it is for us to remember you. <laughs> I'm looking at the. Uh, I'm looking at the target and the signatures on it. I see a Sean. Well, uh, Sean won. Sean won the. The, the class target, I think it was mm-hmm. Ryan. I'm pretty sure his name was Ryan. I don't want to say his last name just in case he doesn't want his last name mentioned, but I'm pretty sure it was Ryan. So, yeah, there's a Ryan there. Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> Anyhow, if I got that wrong, Ryan, or whatever your name really is, I'm very sorry. I'm bad with names, even worse with faces. So 
I can't remember who I am half the time. <laughs> oh, I'm disappointed. I uh, I ran that same uh, that same competition that he did, and I got my first three hits all on that far target. Yes, and you I did. Missed my last one, and I got it in three like, points something. Yeah, but, he did oh, it. In, he did it in oh. just over five. You would have won had you nailed that last shot. Yeah, yeah, but I just. I jerked it just a little bit too much, just on that last one. Happens. Oh well, it happens. Yeah. It was good. Yeah. It was. You, I I'm mean, happy. you shot well too for for not having actually participated in the class. You know, we still let you shoot the uh, the competition at the end, and you you did good. Like I said, three three solid hits in in three seconds. That's uh, that's good shooting. I mean, that target was somebody lasered it, did, didn't they? And they said it was like fifty one yards or something like that. Fifty one, forty four. So, yeah, Maybe somewhere around there. Yeah. Yes, somewhere like that. Anyway. It was it was a good distance. I mean, yeah, it's a human-sized silhouette type type target, but still, I mean, that's a good distance at 50 yards to be very quickly shooting your handgun at. So. Yeah, exactly. Well, I feel I feel a lot more confident in my pistol skills, and I think uh, for the three-gun match coming up, I'm gonna I'm definitely gonna place a lot better than I did last time. Awesome. Well, yep. I hope you do. And if you don't, it's because you weren't listening in class. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, anyhow, so we finished it up with uh, just kind of a quick debrief, and everybody uh, gave us some pointers. We we you know gave us our, or gave the class our impression of how things went, and, and everybody seemed quite satisfied. Um, huge shout out to, of course, Adriel and Mark. Um, I believe it was Mark who bought me a case of Dr Pepper. So <laughs> I had two cases of Dr Pepper on hand. I did not finish them. In fact, two oh. were sacrificed to the Tannerite gods. Um, we uh, we ended up shooting a, a quarter or half pound of tannerite. Was that Adriel? Yeah. Yeah. So we shot a half pound of tannerite, and and just for fun, we 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 stacked it on top of a can of Dr Pepper, and then put a Dr Pe- uh, can of Dr Pepper on top of it too. And so uh, yeah, we we had a nice aroma of Dr Pepper for several hundred yards when the tannerite <laughs> went off. The smell of tannerite and Dr Pepper in the air. Oh, it smells like Get freedom. Keep going. <laughs> So, so yeah, that was fun. That was some of the, the after-course shenanigans that went on, of course. Um, and, uh, yeah, I think everybody had a good time. It, w- it was great hanging out with uh, with people who I, I know but have never met. I mean, well, Adriel, you're obviously one of them. I've known you for, for quite a while now but never actually have met you in person. So that was awesome mm-hmm. to, to actually hang out with you in person for so, you know, a good five days. That was that was fantastic. Um, but, like, Thomas Bryant and, and uh, Mike and... And Mark, they're the two Marks. I mean, uh, just everybody who was there who, you know, we've interacted with as listeners but have never actually been able to meet in person. It was just, it was amazing. So, um, yeah, that I, I think that the, the class went very well. I am very happy with it. I'm, I'm quite satisfied with how it turned out, and I'm looking forward to, uh, to doing it again next year. Yeah, and no one got my name wrong. No one got your <laughs> name wrong. So surprising. I'm out... Well, just like working on stuff, and they're like, "Hey, Adriel," I'm like, "What? Oh, I I think I talked to you like for half a second. You know my name, and yeah. it's, it's, you get it right. <laughs> Holy, <laughs> yeah, no expectations, <laughs> right? Well, that that's the way I like to keep my expectations. That way, I'm always pleasantly surprised, never bitterly disappointed. 
So yeah, no, but I agree. It was it was awesome hanging out with listeners and, and hanging out with with a bunch of like really hardcore gunnies, right? People who oh, know Jason Filth. That's that's another guy I wanted oh, to, yeah. to toss out because he he's contacted the show so many times. You guys have he- even heard him because uh, he he sends in audio clips. Uh, to mm-hmm. be able to meet him in person was awesome too. Sorry to interrupt you, Adriel. Just uh, just going through you know names again and, and faces that that were there. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So yeah, it's a good course. Well, we're glad everybody enjoyed it, and we're hoping that uh, we can be just as successful next year. Mm-hmm. So I guess that uh, I guess that brings us to the part where we shame Kelly again for not coming out. Oh, and this part is a real shame because it is so much fun. <laughs> <laughs> We we went well, gopher hunting, and, and I guess it's not so much gopher hunting as it is gopher shooting. Well, you put on your your pants, your your camo gear. You uh, put on the face paint. Yep, uh, and you have to do the, the special scent stuff because you're so sensitive mm-hmm. to smells, right? Yeah. If that yep. was the case, they'd have been gone. <laughs> tree stand, and uh, you got your different calls. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and, you, and know. you have to you kind of have to scout out you know locations far in advance so, you know put mm-hmm. down feed lots and whatnot just to, to draw them in nope look none for, of that folks for, for signs <laughs> none of that you basically walk out into a field with a 22 and you start shooting them there there was there was very little challenge to this aside from the gophers slowly figured out that they were being massacred and so they stopped poking their heads up so close and so we just had to learn to to shoot a little further distance every now and then and and you know, kind of pick them off from a longer range, but <laughs> we pull up to where we're to where we're going gopher hunting, and Adriel stops the car, and no sooner does he stop the car, Trevor's like, "There's a gopher! I see a gopher! Somebody kill that gopher! Kill that gopher! Make that gopher dead!" And they're like, he's like, "McClatchy, you got a gun? Shoot the gopher!" I'm like, "I got no magazine! I got no ammo!" Adriel's rooting around in the back, looking for mags, looking for ammo. Finally, comes up with some. Trevor's losing his mind because there's a gopher. It must die. Anyway, finally, uh, I get a I get a mag and and load up around and, <laughs> boom, headshot. <laughs> Trevor was happy, very happy. So yeah, well, we, it, was, it was funny because uh, um, you know I don't think you guys get to go for hunting that much and we we would shoot well we one don't live in Alberta like, for one so <laughs> <laughs> we'd shoot one and it's like okay like, we got we got to like confirm our kill and get a picture and <laughs> yeah Trevor was all about getting the pictures. And anybody yeah. who's friends with Trevor on Facebook, he will send those to you privately if you ask. They are way yeah. too graphic to post publicly. Uh, we would have animal rights activists all over us if we posted those. I mean, we were turning gophers inside out. And that's the politest way I can put yep. that. <laughs> yeah, it was the, the 22s the, and 17s and, you this, know, we're... Yeah, the 17 HMR um, does a good number on a gopher. The 22 Magnum does a good number on a gopher and in fact even the 22 itself inside of 100 yards does a good number on a gopher i mean they're not big animals to begin with but um yeah it was it was impressive to say the least uh so what'd you what'd you learn shooting gophers um what did i learn i learned that i should carry more water and ammo with me (laughs) there was that so we're halfway across this field i don't know how big that field is adriel it's huge though right yeah it's it's easy it's easily a mile long Okay, so so we're about halfway down this field. I mean, a, a half miles, you know, just just under just under a kilometer, I guess. And it, you say that, and you and you don't really think about how long that is until you realize you're out of ammo and you got to go back to the truck to get more. 
and you turn around and go, ah, oh, crap. <laughs> so so the, the three of them, Adriel, Will, and Trevor, stay sort of at the halfway mark, and they continue to plank gophers while I, I make the, the shameful trudge back to the truck because I didn't bring enough ammo and I didn't have any water with me. So I'm walking back, and I, I shoot a half a dozen gophers just walking back to the truck, just cover, you know, recovering ground that we've already been on. And th- these things are just popping up everywhere. It was, it was awesome. Uh, made some really nice long shots. Trevor was having a great time with that 17. Adriel, you were doing really well with your 22 Magnum, too. That was actually Will's, right? Yeah, yeah that was Will's uh, CZ512. Yes, I, I drilled that into them all weekend while I was there. CZ, guys, not CZ, CZ. <laughs> But yeah, that CZ was uh, was very accurate too. You were you were nailing them at very good distances. Uh, what, what and I have to I have to say thanks again for how you and Will uh, behaved yourselves out there because you knew you had two new gopher shooters. When you saw one, you would just point it out to us. You wouldn't even take a shot on it until we'd missed it a few times. And then you'd you'd clean up if if uh, if we weren't doing our jobs and and hitting them in the first couple of shots. So that was really appreciated. It it let Trevor and I kill way more gophers than we probably would have had we been there on equal f- terms with you guys. Well, I'll give you the spotting, but the the missing I I can't really give you because uh, there there were some standing shots that Matthew made where he's shooting at a gopher that is 70 yards away, and he's just standing. He's not using a bipod. He's not going prone. He's not kneeling or anything like that. Just standing and just boop. Oh, I missed. Click, click, click. Boop. Oh, got him. Like, and for me, <laughs> like a 70-yard shot with a 22. Oh, man. Like you, were do- you're, like you were doing some incredible standing shots. I, I practice a lot too. I mean, just d- today when I was out at the gravel pit, that's what I do. I don't kneel down and, and go prone or anything. I just stand up and I, I pick out a rock at a undetermined distance and I do my approximate hold over in my scope and, and let her fly. The the one thing, the one advantage that I had is the ammo that you handed me to use in that rifle is the exact same ammo I use here in New Brunswick. And so I already had a very good idea what the ballistics were on it because that's what I use. So I, I just use my regular holds and, and everything kind of came together. I, I have yeah. to say that your rifle is very accurate as well. So, I mean, that was, uh, that was definitely a plus. Yeah, doesn't like, doesn't like feeding those, those really flat, uh, Winchester 22 rounds. It was Let, frustrating uh, a few times because I, there was a gopher standing there and the darn thing just won't cycle. I'm like trying to get that bullet into the chamber and meanwhile you have to clean him up for me because the gopher's going to run away if it doesn't get shot soon. So, <laughs> But uh, no, anytime yeah. that gun went bang, it was uh, it was very accurate. I, I really enjoyed shooting it. Yeah. 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 Well, it's, it's, nice, it's nice to have an accurate rifle when you're doing that kind of work because you're only like some of the times it, they've just got the head poking out. You've just got a headshot, and that's a a one inch square target that you have to hit at fifty yards, and you cannot miss it, or that you or don't get the hit. Some some yeah. of my favorite shots were the ones where you know where the gopher went, but you can't quite see him because of a tuft of grass, and so you you can just barely maybe make out a tuft of fur. You know he's hiding behind that little kind of just a couple of blades of grass. So you can't quite see him, but you know he's there, and you put the bullet through it anyway, and you see him explode out the back. <laughs> I love yeah, those. Or hear it. <laughs> yeah, or hear it. Yeah, oh, they make a definite. You know when you hit a gopher because it makes a nice little whomp sound, and so you can't just fire a shot and go, oh, hit him. You didn't see him, but I hit him. No, no. We know when you hit him or you didn't hit him because they, they, they whack. <laughs> <laughs> they really do. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it was it was good fun. Yep. 
No, one one of my favorite shots, and it's, it's going back to what you were just describing there, Adrian. I don't normally like to brag, but I, I just have to tell this story where Trevor was down prone off the bipod and shot a gopher at whatever range it happened to be. I don't know what it was, and another one poked its head up right beside the one that Trevor just whacked with the 17 prone off the bipod, and I nailed him standing up with the with the 22. <laughs> I think Trevor swore at me a few times for that one. He's like, you little friggin' such and such. <laughs> uh, nope, a lot of fun. I cannot, I mean, like, like I said, this, this handgun fundamentals course we're putting on next year, yeah, whatever. I'm coming out to shoot gophers some more. <laughs> we're just doing this to get us back out there in Alberta so we can shoot more gophers. That was so much fun. Just uh, and, we, and meet some more listeners. Oh, yeah, I guess, whatever. Yeah, that'd be cool, too. Yeah, especially if they've got land with gophers on it. Oh, yeah. Double especially. Those are my new favoritest friends. Yep. Awesome. So what was your both of your favorite part of the weekend? Um, Yeah, gopher hunting. No, you know what? <laughs> I, I actually can't say that. My favorite part was after the second time that people shot the, the, the drill that we had them shoot. Um, when I saw that you know everybody had improved that was that was definitely my favorite part of the weekend seeing that people were were taking what Trevor and I were telling them and putting it into practice and seeing them improve that uh that was by far the the most satisfying feeling I've had in quite a while seconded only just barely seconded by shooting all those gophers in the face <laughs> ah my favorite well i just just getting to meet to to know you guys a little bit better oh I sure mean, take uh, the high road yeah yeah whatever <laughs> <laughs> as you were talking i'm like you know what i'm taking the high road on this <laughs> yes <laughs> drink it in <laughs> but uh yeah just getting to know you guys a little bit better i mean one of the things um i think owen had made mention is like no you know you think that matthew and trevor are just like that because they're on the show no no they're like that all the time and it was uh like, oh, I'm driving these guys back from the airport. I was like, you know what? I think I think Owen was right. I think they're just like this all the time. <laughs> they're just always cracking jokes and you know taking jabs at each other. And <laughs> we can't help it. Each other is. Yeah. I mean, we're we're each other's best frenemy. It's what we are. Well, we, he's making fun of me because I'm skinny and scrawny and can't lift up anything more than a 22, and I'm making fun of him because he can't walk up small hills without blowing out a calf muscle. You know, it's just, it, it's it's what we do, and it's I think it's why we get along so well. Yeah, well, and, you can uh, tell you guys have spent a lot of time together too because you've got, got like you guys set each other up, and you know when it's time to set each other up. <laughs> and they they finish each other's sentences as well. So every now and then, yeah. and and sometimes finish yeah. each other's sandwiches. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 No. Awesome having awesome having you guys out uh, here, and I just wanted to thank you guys again for you know making the big trip because it's a it's not just a, a quick little drive or anything like that. Yeah, it was quite a trip, but it was it was an an adventure uh, definitely. And um, your greeting at the airport was was fantastic. He Adriel <laughs> was holding up a sign that said "Congratulations, Matthew and Trevor, on completing rehab." So a lot of people turned their heads and looked a little oddly as as they went by, but. Um, yeah, we're we're proud to have completed rehab. <laughs> you know, and I, I, your your flight was supposed to come in just a little bit earlier than that, so I was standing up there for like a good ten minutes holding that sign up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome! Everybody was looking for you. Yep. <laughs> yeah. 
so anyhow, uh, I guess that's sort of in a nutshell uh, the weekend. I, I, I guess we talked a little bit about the next day at the range. So we don't need to go over that in any more detail. But um, again, just, just huge shout outs to everybody who, who participated and, and every single one of you impacted us in one way or another. And it was uh, all positive. So very, very happy that the, the event went the way it did. I guess that means we're into some listener feedback, huh? Sure. Yep. Cool. Well, Kelly, you haven't talked for a while, so guess what that means? No, I get to read the first yeah. one. Yeah. Okay, this one's from Mark. It says, Mark with a C. That's Mark important. C. Right. So it says, hey guys and Kelly, I really have to thank Trevor, Matthew, and Adriel for putting on the handgun fundamental course at the Rafter 5B licensed range. I enjoyed it uh, from the start, by getting lost, <laughs> to the finished at the end of the day, and the weather could not have been better. I really was surprised at the array of handguns there, as I was expecting a Glock fest. But it was uh, really an eye-opener to see everybody's setups, from holsters to mag carriers. My friends and I learned so much, and the manner in which it was taught, Trevor and Matthew, are excellent uh, instructors, and it's almost like they work in the education system. I really enjoyed everything that was taught. I found the Lucky Charms drill uh, challenging and would like to do more practice with these targets. And he also said, I really thought the Rafter 5B Ranch had a well-put-together range, and I really enjoyed the chatting with the owner of the range. Thanks again. Uh, again, thanks for all your time and efforts in putting the course together. Please come back this direction and put on a second course. Thanks again, Mark. MPS. Good night, Kelly. <laughs> He's getting his wish, isn't he? Yep. <laughs> yeah, Mark. July. What's that? Next July. That's right. So we are coming back, Mark. Get your name on the list. Yeah, no, you and, and your buddy there. Uh, yeah, you you guys uh, you guys are good shooters. It was it was really it was a pleasure to to work with you guys. Um, yeah, uh, I don't I don't remember that many Glocks being there. Adriel, would you say oh, definitely less than half the class had Glocks? Definitely. Oh well, less there. Well, were, like I think maybe not even FNs. a quarter. I don't think. What's that? There was a, a two or three guys with FNs. There was a Canic TP9. Mm-hmm. Uh oh, there was one of those Smith and Wesson SD nines. There was uh, uh, the Steyr. Mm-hmm. There was a Steyr yep. as well. Uh, a couple of nineteen elevens. Mm-hmm. Um, there was at least one Glock. I do remember at least one, but I was I was mostly on the left side of the the line. I didn't get down to the right side very much, so I I don't remember what people were shooting down on that side. Maybe Trevor will remember for next week. Um, yep. But yeah, no. Jericho down there. Oh yeah, that's yeah, right. Not, there was, not yeah. a lot. Yeah, there was a good a good uh, cross section of of firearms, and it was nice to to see that because it it allowed us to work with uh, with different types of guns. Yeah, there was even a, a Ruger SR9, you know, the, the gun that I used to shoot. So that was fun to see again as well. Um, yeah, I I yeah, um, I guess that means we're moving on to the next email. And uh, Adriel, if you want to read this one, if you don't mind. Yeah, this one's from Justin. I've been listening for a few years now, and I think the time is near for me to buy a black rifle. However, there are some complications considering that I'm left-handed. I know when I shoot my 1022 in a t-shirt, I feel what I presume to be powder burn on my support arm. It doesn't really hurt, but it's annoying and distracting. Uh, would this be worse on large calipers, or is this a rimfire thing? Uh, otherwise, I would just go through Frosty's list of top 10 non-restricted. Another thing to bear in mind is that I'm a small guy, so shooting something big and heavy probably won't be in my wheelhouse. How hard would it be to build my own left-handed rifle? Obviously, it would be preferably non-restricted, but not necessary. 
The the powder burn is definitely a rimfire thing. You don't often get that with the larger calibers, um, only because of the type of uh, action. When we're talking semi-autos, uh, 22s and, and other rimfires are usually just recoil. And so when the the shell clears the chamber, there's still a bit of pressure there. And so sometimes you get burning gas coming out of the chamber and, uh, and that'll hit you and, and you'll definitely feel that. I've, I've experienced that many times. But usually, like something with an AR, the shell is almost completely... Um, there, there's hardly any pressure left when it finally gets to the point where it's cycling. And so you get very little of that sort of gas coming out of the chamber. So you probably won't experience that as much, although you still may every now and then. Um, as for I think left... With an, I think with an AR, I think you can shoot it left-handed just fine. I mean, it's got a shell deflector, so the, does. the brass case of it will get it out to the kind of two o'clock position so it's not going to hit you in the face that's right uh the gases aren't going to hit you in the face because nope. one of the things we do at my three gun is you got to shoot right-handed sometimes you got to shoot around the left side of a barricade which means you have to go left on it yep. and uh i i remember shooting that and and thinking other than the fact that it felt really odd to shoot a, a rifle left-handed thinking nothing of it that's right, and I've shot my AR left-handed as well. And remember that the, the AR is unmodified for left-handed shooters in the military. They don't give them a left-handed AR. They just hand them an AR, and off they go. Um, they're, they're, they are designed to, to be shot by left-handers, and uh, they, they won't bother you. They're, like Adriel says, the shells go you know, to the right and forward. They're not going to hit you in the face whenever they come out. Um, but that being said, of course, the AR is not non-restricted. So if you want a non-restricted something or other there I cannot help you because I don't know much about left-handed rifles. Well, there's some rifles that will work without, and there's some rifles that will absolutely not work. Like the Norinco T97. Do not shoot that thing left-handed. <laughs> That's right. You're going to catch brass in the face. <laughs> uh, you know, and, and there's some other rifles that, you know, might work as a left-handed and, and, and might not. Uh, well, the, as Tavor, well so. the Tavor can be switched to left-hand ejection, right? Yes. Yes. And then you wouldn't want to the... shoot it unmodified, but you can switch it to the left-hand and, and, uh, and that'll work fine. The other option you have, Justin, is the Caltech, not RFB. What's the 2 to 3 version of that? SU-16? Nope. The Bullpup. Oh. I don't remember what it's called, but... Um, our, oh. Our... Do we have those... Uh, did those start coming in yet? The bottom ejecting ones? Yeah, that's the one I'm talking about. I don't... I think so. Maybe not. Maybe maybe I'm crazy. Maybe they haven't got here yet. But Caltech does make a Bullpup, uh, should be non-restricted, semi-auto 223, that ejects the shells out the bottom. And so it doesn't matter if you're left-handed or right-handed. All the shells just go out the bottom. So, no big deal. But, the RDB bullpup. Yeah. It is the RFB? RDB. RDB. Oh, RDB. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but like Adriel said, I'm not sure they're in Canada yet, so that may not be an option at all. I mean, you can always just get like a, a bolt action because <laughs> you can control when the shell comes out then. <laughs> but if you want a semi-auto, you know, the, the ones that come to mind are, are, are your typical non-restricteds, your CZ, or your VZ58s, uh, you know, your Swiss Arms, that those types, but you're gonna have to you're gonna have to verify that they're they're left hand friendly before you before you go ahead and buy one, or just get the AR because you can get a, a Norinco CQA, and it's five hundred bucks and it'll it'll be better in terms of ergonomics and whatnot uh, compared to a lot of those non restrictor rifles that are twice as much. That's right, and yeah, you got You can only shoot it at the range, but it's a semi auto that's gonna work well for you. And everybody needs an AR anyway, so you mm -hmm. got to get an AR. That's a rule. Yeah. 
if you're going to get into competing, uh, competitive shooting and that kind of thing, you're going to need an AR. They, yep. they are the competition rifle. Um, so, yeah, AR. Uh, if you got a whole bunch of like money just like burning your pocket, get an XCR or get an ACR. Those are both really good options. Yes, they but are. But they're, they're really expensive. Yes, they and are. And you're going to have to spend more uh, to make them er- uh, like to make them uh, competition ready, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. yep. Whereas that Nork uh, CQA is going to come out of the box uh, ambi with uh, you know pretty much yeah, ready to pr- roll. Left pretty handed. much ready to roll. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Throw an optic on there. Good to go. Very good. Well, Justin, let us know how you make out with that. Uh, from Steven, and this was a Facebook post, uh, the following uh, post shows a meme of an AR-15 in a guitar case, and there was a good discussion on the Facebook page of the CCFR. Someone came up with a case law decision by the Supreme Court about concealed carry charges against firearms being transported in misleading cases. I thought it could make a good topic for the show, and here's a link to the decision. So, yeah, anybody who has, like, the, the, the Tommy gun in a violin case, that, that's not a good idea. Um, that's technically a concealed firearm, and uh, you can get charged for that. So don't, don't be taking your ARs and putting them in guitar cases to take them to the range so you don't freak people out, because if you're caught with that you can get into some serious trouble. Mm-hmm. Um, true story. True story. So, yeah. yeah I, I, the case law that he brought up was someone who took a, a 22 onto, I think it was a bus. It might have been a bus or a train, and they just wrapped it in a, a coat. So people were a little freaked out about it. So, anyways, right. that's, the, that's the case law that they brought up. Interesting. I mean, mm-hmm. part, part of this is is you're trying to look like a legitimate gun owner. <laughs> And if you just have a twenty-two wrapped up in a coat, even if it's legal, uh, you know, is, is is that? That's not are, the smartest you... thing you can do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, the person was saying that they thought people would be freaked out if he just carried it by. Anyways. Well, here's the thing. I, I lived in London, uh, Ontario, and I lived in a apartment building, and I lived on the seventh floor, if I remember right. And I regularly went to the range or went out hunting or, or whatever, and I, and I regularly carried my gun case in and out of the building. I lived downtown, you know, and my building wasn't quiet. There was always other people on the elevator. And, you know, it's very obvious what my gun case was, but nobody ever freaked out because, you know, it was clearly in a case, I always made sure I was presentable. I wasn't some redneck scumbag. I didn't wear camo and 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 you know, plate carriers and all that oh, stuff. Oh, you're hurt. You're hurting me, Matthew. Here. <laughs> <laughs> I was respectable. I I didn't I didn't portray myself as somebody they needed to be scared of. And very often it just led to a conversation. Oh, you got a firearm or you got a gun? Usually it's gun, right? They, oh, you got a gun? What are you doing with that? Oh, going to the range. I'm going to be practicing uh, for this or for that. Or I'm going hunting. I'm going after rabbits or you know whatever. And uh, very often I left a uh, you know a favorable impression on people. Uh, by a gun owner and hopefully that sort of helps our cause in the end too just by being polite and, and getting out there and letting people know that just because you have a gun doesn't mean you're scary so yeah i think that's the better yeah. way to do it just be presentable and carry a gun case because you don't want to get charged with uh with uh concealed carry charges we did a story about that two weeks ago didn't we adriel the guy that was carrying the gun in a it was a lawn chair bag and then yes. he had a coat yeah. wrapped around the top of it Mm-hmm. So that's what he was charged with. So, yep. Anyways. Hmm. Cool. All right. Well, if you'd like to send an email to the show, you can send it to slamfireradio at gmail.com. And that brings us into our iTunes reviews. And we don't have any new ones. Uh, so uh, if you'd like to leave an iTunes review, please go ahead. 
We love it when you do. Um, it is a requirement that you leave a five-star rating. Otherwise, we just delete it. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> we, we probably wouldn't. Probably. But, uh, but so far, they've all been five-star ratings, uh, 137 of them so far. And we got them from all over the world, Canada, United States, Australia, United Kingdom, Lithuania, Belgium. So that's, uh, it's very cool to, to hear of listeners sort of out and about different parts of the world. So thank you to everybody who has sent them in and anybody else who wants to. It's, uh, it's a great way to, uh, to improve our moods whenever we check the iTunes. Re- well, Stacy's mood, really, because <laughs> Stacy checks them for us. Stacy's mm-hmm. awesome, by the way. Stacy checks our iTunes for us and in all of the world and, and forwards them on. So a huge shout out to Stacy for doing that for us. And uh, I guess that brings us into the shout out. So, uh, yeah, sound off if you got shout outs. Yeah, uh, one of them, uh, I think Mark had touched on it. Just uh, Brad, who is the owner of the Rafter 5B range, he was like super helpful and accommodating. Um, you know, he was he was shooting the course. And even though he was shooting the course, he was helping like staple targets up. And uh, if he was out patching his target and the person next to him was, you know, still bombing up mags, he patched their target. He was just like, so accommodating and so he helpful. He was the that, epitome uh, of helpful. He was amazing. Yeah. Yeah. He, yep. was a, he was an awesome guy. So, I mean, very helpful and, uh, uh, you know, great great place to shoot, great place to do a little course and, and have kind of a private little spot to uh, to do some really quick shooting with, uh, with, with some friends of yours, right? Um, carry on, I guess, because this is not mine. <laughs> not mine either. Uh, t- Tom, to for the uh, loaning me the rangefinder. So uh, uh, Thomas lent me his uh, his Sig rangefinder. So I'm going to try that out and and review it. Um, I've got a review on my website for uh, for a Bushnell one that isn't very good. And the reason why I say it's not very good doesn't range things reliably past like 400 yards. And that's when things start getting interesting if you're going to shoot long range. So, that's right. What's the uh, point of, of ranging something inside of 400 yards? Most rifles will shoot, you know, inside of a six inch drop inside of 400 yards. So what's the point? <laughs> exactly. Unless you're shooting a 22, I guess. But <laughs> yeah, exactly. So um, yeah, I'll, I'll I'll give that a shot and. Uh, uh, Jason uh, Philip for lending out his barbecue and uh, and providing just so much. I mean, he had taken his trailer out there, and we're, we managed to burn up some uh, some moose meat and uh, hot dogs and that kind of thing on there. And he pulled out the he pulled out the Langavulin. Is that Lagavulin. how you say it? Langavulin. Langavulin. Yeah. There we go. Pulled some of that out and pulled some shot glasses and just super accommodating, super nice people. I mean the the. I, I, I really like this experience just for, for meeting all these listeners and, and you know, seeing how how like how good of people they are, right? Yeah. Well, I, Alberta seems to be full of really nice people. I, I don't know what it is about Alberta. Maybe it's just because we're meeting all gun owners and most gun owners are nice people to begin with. But uh, everybody we ran across was just super friendly. So mm-hmm. that was, uh, it was a huge bonus for being there as well. Yeah. Mark uh, ended up cooking up some steaks and corn for us. That, oh, uh, that, that was so good. <laughs> we were so hungry by the time we got there that was Sunday after we were done shooting at the range in the morning Mark's like oh come over to my trailer we'll cook up some steaks and, 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 and corn oh man it was delicious that was Mark with the K right Mark with a K this time yeah so we had yeah. two Marks Mark with a C and Mark with a K so yeah yep. yeah <laughs> awesome and, and this, I have a shout out to the Katzegard at the Edmonston uh, airport 
um, Edmund, no, Edmonton, <laughs> Edmonton Airport. <laughs> I'm from Edmonton. I was in Edmonton. I, I've always wanted to do that, by the way, go from Edmonton to Edmonton, and I finally have. Uh, and it was funny at the range where we had to sign in, we had to had to say where we were from. And so you're reading down the list as people like Edmonton, 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 and they come to mind Edmonton, and then back to Edmonton. So I, I'm I'm wondering how many people that throws off, if any, they might not even notice. <laughs> Don't know. <laughs> But uh, yeah, at the Edmonton airport, after Adriel dropped me off, um, the uh, the cats guard who was starting the, the line there to, to go through security uh, looked at my shirt. I was wearing my Slamfire shirt. He goes, oh, dude, cool shirt. What is that? I'm like, oh, it's a Slamfire radio. It's a, it's a pro-gun podcast. Oh, man, I got to check that out. Cool, man. We'll check it out. I'll, I'll give you a shout out. So there you are. I don't know your name, but the cats guard at the Edmonton airport. And I actually had a little <laughs> bit of drama at the Edmonton airport when I got there. Um, there's a RCMP officer with a carbine at the head of the security line, eyeing everybody up and down nice and carefully. <laughs> Made me just a little nervous. I didn't know what was going on, but it turned out there was uh, some sort of scuffle or altercation earlier that day, and uh, the guy said he was coming back. So uh, so they had the, the cop there with the AR uh, kind of just, uh, just as a deterrent, and it worked quite well because I don't remember seeing him. <laughs> so that was fun. Any shout-outs from you, uh, Kelly? Nope, I'm good. Thanks. Cool. <laughs> well, please listen one of our to please listen. No, no. Please join one of our National Firearms Associations such as the CCFR or the CSSA or or any number of the other ones out there. Um they they do uh support us and it's important that we we help to support them. So, make sure you sign up. I should note that uh while I'm usually first in line to sign up, I had been procrastinating and, and finally just got my CCFR membership in the mail um, just recently. And actually, I got the family package, so Jewel got hers too. So we're both now full members of the CCFR. So sorry it took us so long, but we are there finally. Also, check us out on the Gun Owners of Canada. We have a little forum there, so check that out and uh, come say hi. Please like us on Facebook. We're up to almost 1,500 likes. So we're trying to get to 1,500. Currently, we're at 1,487. We have 107 thumbs-ups, 10 gold stars, two flukes, two manatee flippers, two kangaroo thumbs, one safe space. So, uh, yeah, if, if you'd like to send an alternative method of, of, of high-fiving us, I guess, I guess that is your way. You can come to come up with any way you like. Just send us an email. Let us know how, uh, how you'd like to give us kudos, I guess. And, uh, and we accept just about anything. Yeah, I think we've only rejected one. It was some sort of anatomy of some sort of animal that we 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 weren't Dingo. comfortable mentioning on, on on the air. Yeah. yeah, something like that. So anyhow, <laughs> remember we keep this show family friendly as best we can. So at least keep it family friendly if you're sending us uh, humor in that regard. And and if you can't help yourself, just understand that we will chuckle about it quietly amongst ourselves and not mention it on the show. So you're still welcome to, of course, say whatever you like. This is a free country after all. So, anyhow, I guess that wraps it up for this week's show. Lady, gentlemen, anything to add? Anything to sign off with? Oh, one more thing. I just I just remembered it. Uh, thanks to uh, Filthy, I think he got the mug for me. Oh yes, that's right. Almost yeah, Phil, I, I have to give Filthy a huge shout out too. He uh, he let Trevor and I stay at his place the night before we flew out because Trevor and I both live three hours plus from the airport we flew out from. So we got to go to Filthy's and spend the night. And then he came and picked me up at the airport when I flew back in and brought me back to his place where I could retrieve my truck so I didn't have to pay for parking. 
And nice. uh, so, nice. yeah, filthy is filthy is huge. He he's awesome. Yeah, I, mm. he's just another one of those guys that you just you just shake your head in amazement, and he's just he's just awesome to to know and to to be around. So huge shout out to him. Awesome. Cool. All right. Well, guys, thanks for listening. We'll catch you next week. Good night. Good night. So if you have any comments or questions for the show, please send an email to slamfireradio at gmail.com. Now go grab a gun and shoot something. When the talking is over, it's time to get a gun.